You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Brandon, welcome to the World Cup Minute. My name's Josh. As I mentioned already, you're Brandon. I've said it twice. I don't know why I started that way. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad to be here. We're rounding out the first uh, full weekend of the World Cup. And I thought yesterday with wins for France and Argentina, it was maybe a return to sort of, quote, normalcy for the yeah. results. Nope. Totally wrong. Uh, yep. Sunday's fixtures, which we're, we're about to run through our, our thoughts in terms of watching them, it was just mass chaos. And <laughs> as fans uh, of just watching the World Cup, I think this is the gift that keeps giving because e as each final round of each group sort of like starts to come together, anything could happen. It almost... Sorry, Canada. Any of these teams could get <laughs> yeah. through uh, to to the know, round Canada, of sixteen, which is incredible. Canada scored that opening goal, and I was like, "Okay, like this is on. They're actually gonna they're gonna win this game." And uh, I, yeah, I did not have uh, them conceding the next four goals in that match uh, penciled in. Yeah, their it's, defense was just uh, not yeah. not great, Bob. The real issue uh, for for you and me, Brandon, is we are now the, it's the curse of the early match. It's the second day in a row where we've assumed that the team playing the early match was going to walk that match. Um, that was uh, today with Costa Rica. It was Australia yesterday, and today Costa Rica defeats Japan. A really terrible result for Japan. Uh, really yeah. terrible, and it probably puts Spain and Germany through to to the round of sixteen because. Um, they played to a draw today, which kind of, uh, honestly, it was more competitive than I thought it would be. I mean, a draw made so much logical sense for both sides that um, once it, I, I mean, obviously Spain scored and then it was nil-nil. And I, I, that match actually had, it was better than it had any right to be. I thought that was really, <laughs> given given the kind of strategic Mm -hmm. stakes of that game uh that it could have you know certainly could have played as a nil nil and so yeah i mean i guess just to just to kick things off here with with that japan costa rica game though um it just this is i i'm i'm sort of thinking about this question of why it's been so hard for for teams to score and there's sort of two ways to think about it i think one is um you know, it's there's sort of a we've seen in the in the United States and just in general, there's maybe like the the death of the striker, right, and the sort of rise of these sort of strikerless formations. Although maybe that's a little overstated because mm -hmm. Pep is considered uh, a manager who's very happy to use a false nine, and he now has the best forward in the world. And they look um, the truest pretty, number nine yeah. you could build in a <laughs> yeah, laboratory. Exactly. They now have yeah. in Man City with, in Erling yeah. Holland. Yeah, exactly. And you've got Harry Kane, and there's there's a lot of great number nines out there, but it does. 
seem like we are lacking in some forward talent sort of across mm-hmm. the the World Cup. The other way to look at it, I suppose, would be that um, your forwards are only as good as the sort of midfielders and wide men, et cetera, who, who get you those balls. And uh, I mean, when we came to the Belgium match today, I, I mean, they got... There was really nothing unjust about that result. That <laughs> yeah. was Morocco should have won. I even thought the the chalked off offside goal at the end of the half. I mean, it's a legit offside, or, or not? I guess it was actually more like interference, right? It was an offside player who then interfered. Yep. Uh, and it was it was I suppose legit, but I'm not sure he was getting to that ball anyway. Even if um, he wasn't yeah, interfering, it, it, even still, like if you're Thibaut Courtois, you're the you're considered the best goalkeeper in Europe, and he's getting be, beaten. Uh, there and then he's getting beaten yeah. again on the the first actual goal that Morocco scores. It's like bad, yeah. and then Morocco, uh, uh, Belgium then plays into what you were saying about the loss of a real number nine versus the number nines can only be as good as the midfielders who are playing them the ball. Belgium, like they are in the camp of Lukaku. Their their traditional number nine is not fit. They're right. playing Batshuayi. They have considered one of the best central midfielders on the planet and Kevin De Bruyne. He oh, looks... Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah, with Hazard as your sort of auxiliary midfielder, right? Eden Hazard what, not, has not been great the last couple of years, but certainly one of the yeah. great you know, attacking... It, yeah, that that uh, Belgium squad is like watching Cocoon, the movie. Uh, it's... and and. It's just a mess. It is a total mess for, for that side. And and still, they have an opportunity to escape the group. I am wearing, by the way, my Dosocero cap in honor of Hakim Ziyech in Morocco. So um, good on the boys. But we, we have already skipped over Japan-Costa Rica. I just wanted to say on that match, Japan, yes, have only themselves to blame. Have you seen a worse selection of finishing uh, in your in your international tournament life, like Japan, just they controlled much of the match. They just could not finish, and then totally yeah. fall asleep and deservedly probably get put out of out of the tournament because now they have to get a result against Spain, and I can't yeah. see Spain uh, taking that line down. If Spain had won this match against Germany, if Germany hadn't equalized, well, first of all, that would that would have really changed the complexion of everything because then Germany would be on zero points. But um, it because Spain um, is only on four, they have to go out and, and play to win that game as well. Yeah. So it, it puts Japan at a significant disadvantage. There's no there's no playing the second team uh, in that game, although um, certainly a draw suits Spain uh, fairly, fairly well. So, yeah, I think they're really in trouble. I thought the Germans played uh, much better today. Uh, they sort of... Uh, maybe we're a little unlucky only to um, score one in that match. I liked the guy who came on and scored. Too. He was a fun, uh, he looked like a bartender. I don't know. I liked his like vibe. He, he looked like a dude. Like he, he didn't look like he was in shape. It was great. Like it was just some guy. <laughs> just some plays, guy. Did, yeah. Full, full crook. He yeah. even has like yeah. a, like he, you found him at the most Eisley Cantina in Star Wars. Oh yeah. This yeah. is my friend Full Krug. He has a <laughs> co-pilot in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's uh, it was very very uh, good for him. I like I liked it was a fun, it was a really well well taken goal, pretty pretty much un, undefendable. And uh, yeah, just a, a fun match today. I thought I guess we'll just skip ahead to that because that's a, we're talking about the same group there. But I, like I said, you know, a minute ago, I just a, a really entertaining match throughout it. We're seeing all these nil nils at halftime, but 
from an entertainment perspective, I think it's been fine. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm watching these games and I'm just heartbroken that there are any goals. I mean, if I'm enjoying the match, I'm enjoying the match, and it doesn't really matter if anybody scores in it. And I thought that the first, the, I thought the entire match was was pretty entertaining. And um, and then the second half, really entertaining. Lots of both teams really going for it in a way that was really. Satisfying. I thought the, the opening goal from Spain was spectacular. They really had a chance to score too late. I don't know if you remember, there was this kind of, it was like a four on one or something mm-hmm. like that. And they just, they sort of picked out the wrong pass. There were two, two, two players on the outright and one on the left. And the, the, the one on the left was the only one who was kind of being marked. And they, that was the one that got passed to and it sort of just ended the play. But um, regardless, I think Spain's fine. They're, they're kind of a fun team to watch. I've been sort of enjoying this, this version of Spain. It has a lot of players that I, don't have as much familiarity with it. It's not an especially Premier League heavy squad. I mean, of course, they have Murata, but as Premier League fans, we sort of know Murata as the. Uh, you have to be a very niche Chelsea Premier League forward. fan yeah. to remember Murata's uh, one very um, poor season. Was he at Chelsea for more than one season? I think that was it. Maybe he was even on one, loan or, one or two. Yeah, yeah one or two. Uh, yeah, a lot, lots of, lots of people just passing through the, the Premier League, like Ferran Torres as well. So, um, but yeah, they, they seem to have great chemistry, uh, for like, you're used to the 2010 Spain side who basically all played at Barcelona, save a couple of Real Madrid guys. And these, um, a lot of the current Spanish national team are, are not teammates, but they do make it look easy. And your point about a lot of the nil nils at halftime it it's it's so tough i think at the world cup level where it's not as precise as like if you watch a lot of club football like if you're a huge fan of the premier league la liga if you're watching mls these are teams that train together every day and a lot of the moves are going to be more precise the the tactics are more acute and the world cup just by the nature of these players not getting to train together so frequently, it's going to be sloppy on top of the fact that they're actually really good. So it's sloppy defensive or sloppy offensive tactics coming up against world-class defenders. So it's, it's just going to make it that much harder to score. But the I agree with you, Josh, the entertainment hasn't really suffered for it. Yeah. And I think that, uh, well, let's, let's move on to um, just, to, just to, to kind of wrap up um, uh, the Sunday's matches. And I, I, I yeah, like I'm, I'm, it's a long way of saying I agree with you. I, the the entertainment's there, uh, even yeah. though the goals aren't there. Well, I was listening, but I, I you know, That's sometimes fine. when I, when yeah. I yeah. pivot I, like I, this, it sounds like I wasn't listening to you, but I promise yeah. I was. I'm over here case. doing the uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator, Are You Not Entertained? And um, you're <laughs> you're giving me the thumbs down like Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, let's, let's just, just move on. Yeah, you did a nice little speech there. And moving on. Um, so the other, the other match that we haven't really spoken about yet is uh, Croatia-Canada. Canada scores the opening goal. Really nice Alfonso Davies goal. Uh, and then Croatia uh, just really takes it to him the rest of the match. And Canada now, unfortunately, is eliminated from the... I, I mean, they're not eliminated from the World Cup. They have a game left to play, but they're eliminated from uh, qualifying for the round of 16, uh, which is which is really too bad. I mean, they, they did score, I think it was their first goal ever at a World Cup. So mm-hmm. congrats to them for, for doing that. But um, Croatia was just... They, they were just too good. They had too much. And it's kind of what we talked about yesterday. It's, it sort of played out the way we expected it to um yeah. and uh, you know canada just they just don't quite have 
um, the horses, as they say. Brandon. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. Even if Canada has one match left to play in group stage, like as soon as that Croatia result comes through, their hotel keys are immediately deactivated. <laughs> their travel plans are moved up by uh, by a week. Uh, really, really horrible stuff for Just, Canada. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. You're out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they, they they lose. Croatia now looks awesome. And I think that they are a, a clear favorite to, to get out of that group. Sets up a really interesting match uh, between um, uh, Belgium and um, between Belgium and Croatia now on, um, I guess that'll be is that Thursday, whatever that is, late next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that match will be for... Um, you know, that that's kind of for it all. Uh, all the marbles. All the marbles, Brandon. Uh, all the cliches. Uh, but that really fun. You have three teams in Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia. All three are, um, you know, uh, deserved qualifiers for the round of 16. They're all good enough to, to make it through. And uh, uh, you'd have to say Morocco is very much in the driver's seat now, right? Uh, they play, play a Canada team that has really nothing to nothing really to play for except for pride, whereas uh, they'll be playing to get through. Um, and so the stakes will be a lot higher. And then Morocco, I'm just, I'm impressed with, with that, with that team in general. It seems like they really, they really play well together. And it's again, another yeah. example of, you just cannot look at every, and I've said this, I feel like I've said this like 20 times in this, on these podcodcasts. Say it again, one more just, time, Josh. Yeah. I'm going to say it one more time, which is that you cannot look at everything through a premier league lens that just club football versus international football. It's, it's a whole different style that even players who disappoint you at the club level um, are, are just sort of have a surge of patriotism when they it's like Novak Djokovic, Brandon, he was sort of he, he was sort of this this the, the, the third man uh, in the in, in tennis right between, between uh, Nadal and Federer and say the real yeah. turning point for him was when he led Serbia to a Davis Cup title it's like 15 years ago and it was the sort of surge of patriotism that he felt that sort of rejuvenated his entire career yeah. and so for some of these guys just playing for their country is just so it just elevates them so much and so you have to kind of yeah, you know, obviously we want to. We, we, it's interesting to, to sort of know about the club football part of it because you want to know about their styles and what kind of players they are. Yeah. But other people like Kevin De Bruyne, it's like he just kind of wants to get to man back to Man City. Feels like you know, no, no offense to him. I'm sure he's patriotic, but just, well, yeah, yeah, he's kind of in an I'm surrounded by idiots uh, moment in his life, particularly when he <laughs> sees Martinez on the sideline managing the squad. He's yeah. his like sell by date is is long past. Uh, but your mention of Djokovic is like a perfect segue to tomorrow's matches, which do include Serbia. But of course, before we do that, we have to have the patented kit talk on the yes. uh, World Cup minute. And uh, dark horse, dark horse candidates in uh, in Group F, uh, also dark horse candidates in kit talk today. Morocco. Yeah. I am a fan of the all white kit and this beautiful subtle gray stripe. Now we've. We've yeah. talked about how we dislike the badge in the center of the kit, but somehow Morocco's kit today was making it work, yeah. and I give them the top spot. I will say, for Spain, I don't care for the all red. I, I only like Spain when they've got the blue top and the uh, the red top and the blue shorts, so let's bring that back. And yep. the final kit we'll mention are the Canadian kits. I thought it was cool how they played in all black, like they were the evil karate dojo yeah. across the street. Uh, I think we should have more all-black kits. Where's New Zealand See, when we need them? I'm not with you there. I no. felt like I, I feel like Canada has this this beautiful red color, right? The sort of dominant, the the maple leaf flag. Mm-hmm. It's you know sort of I, I feel like you gotta 
you got to lean in to, to that beautiful red. That should be the all red. I mean, Canada and Belgium both missing a trick, I think, with, with their kits. So, what if they um, had like a Bjork esque yeah. kit where it was covered with actual leaves? It was sort of like an yeah, actual literal cool. foliage of, of, of sorts. Couldn't you emulate that in a design style? You know, couldn't they be like... It's certainly, we there? have the technology. Come on. Yeah, we Come have on, the Nike. technology. Let's make it happen. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, I, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's the second time that Morocco has made the um, the best kit section, Brandon, because their, yeah, their you other brought kit, them up the red and green. Okay. Yeah, Morocco coming yeah, out to so, a weird, weirdly yeah. early lead in kit talk uh, through group stage. Yeah. I saw that German Germany had that like a, that classic kit with the stripe in the middle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind that either. Although I still it's wish fun. someone would bring back the sash. You know, it's I think only like Chile still plays with the sash, like the old like bandoliery. Band, yeah. what, is, what, is, what is that's called? Like Bandolero? a bandolier. Like, uh, bandolier. Man, I'm not sure whether you, or you got the like string of bullets across your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what is that called when you got? Yeah, that, I want a Some, kit that looks like that. Yeah. I mean, shout out to James P, our friend who actually uh, told me uh, what the royal chair that people carry around is called, which I've promptly forgotten. Sorry, James, but James, we're looking to you to tell us what what this uh, bullet thing is, is called. All right. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's look ahead to Monday's matches. Uh, Let's kick things off with Group G. Uh, we've got uh, Brazil, Switzerland. I think that should be a really fun match. Those are the two uh, winners so far in Group G. And then Cameroon, Serbia. Uh, this is the opening match, Brandon. I am I am out of the opening match prediction game. <laughs> I, I don't know what is going to happen in this one. I, I They're kind of roughly on the same level. Uh, so I, yeah. I don't really know. It's hard to say. I think it's hard... With Serbia, they kind of gave us nothing to work with in that Brazil match. Yeah. I mean, they didn't allow Brazil to blow them out of the water, but they didn't really do much to Brazil. Yep. Brazil are very good. They're one of the favorites of the tournament, so make of that what you will. But, yeah, I don't think we've really seen the real Serbia through one match. So I agree it's very yeah. difficult to prognosticate about what's going to happen there. What I what I hope is that it's just a great competitive match, and I have like yeah. I have no reason to believe it won't be. I think strategically it it sets up well to be a good match because they both have to win that game. A draw yeah. 
probably eliminate, I mean, it doesn't like literally eliminate, but it, it puts them both in a very, very tough spot going into um, the final match. No, you, you just don't want to be in a position where you've got to beat um, Brazil to qualify, which is the spot <laughs> that Cameron would be in. Yeah. And I think for Serbia, I think, you know, Switzerland is a really tough match as well, right? That, that'll be their, their final match. And so I think mm-hmm. both teams have to go out there to win. That's that's what you want to see. Like that's sort of the the ideal situation as a neutral. So you want to match where both teams have to go and, and kind of go for it. Do I remember this right? Serbia and Switzerland met in the last World Cup, and they've got some longstanding issues because of uh, Crimea. And I think it. I think there's there's just like some bad bad blood there. So that that match is going to be hype regardless. I think. There's Crimea situations between Serbia and Switzerland. Wow, I did not. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like Crimea. Like how how many countries is Crimea a butt, Brandon? That's 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 for our our separate uh, ge- geography minute. Let's let's put that. Let's bring that into the next uh, geography minute pod that you and I do. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. I uh, again, we need to be schooled by our listeners here, but I'm pretty sure there is uh, there's some there's some beef. Well, it's like it's like Jaka and Shakiri. Um, they emigrated to uh, whatever. I'm out of my depth here, it's Josh. Great. It, you know what, what? What I like about it though is it's good content, and people are learning. <laughs> they're learning that they should go somewhere and find this information out, right? And that if that's all we do as two, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as two fans, raising awareness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We raise awareness, so that should be a fun game. I'm just going to go through the schedule here instead of going through the group. So the the next match on Monday is uh, South Korea hosting Ghana. Um, another, you know, South Korea uh, is on is on one point. Ghana's on none, so we're kind of in a similar spot there as well. Where it feels like both teams have real incentive to 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 go for it and try to get a win. It's just it's just very hard to qualify. I'm, I'm stating the obvious here, but it's just very hard to qualify from a group without picking up a win at some point, right? And so neither team have done that yet. Uh, stakes are very high. Uh, I think that um, I would have to. Well, I don't know. I I actually thought South Korea acquitted themselves pretty well in their mm-hmm. opening match. Yeah. Um, and but I think Ghana's you know really talented. Uh, they played a lot together, so I I don't know. Um, again, we're we're just we're killing it on the commentary today because we don't know how to predict these matches. But here I, here I, it is. Yeah. Like the, we're 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 it's really <laughs> muddy territory, um, just beyond geopolitical problems between yeah uh, between uh, Serbia and uh, Switzerland. It is it's it's the second match in group stage. In which, like, we kind of don't fully know the stakes, and yep. like, the, the stakes will be set based on the results of these matches. In a way, I will tell you, I'm very much looking forward to this Portugal-Uruguay match just to jump to a, a, a juicier meatball here. Uh, well, let's then. You know what? Then rather than sound dumb, you know, Brandon, why don't we just jump right to uh, right to that one? Okay, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk let's... about Portugal-Uruguay for a second. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like because we cover in our regular Always Cheating podcast, the Premier League, we have talked a lot about Darwin Nunez in the last few months. And we saw the bad Darwin Nunez against South Korea for Uruguay. And what what I have learned about Darwin is that he is... he will respond to the critics. He is competitive enough and he's gifted enough that if he has a bad match, in all likelihood, he'll come back and have a good match. And I think that he will start again 
And uh, I, uh, but but the problem that Uruguay is going to run into is this is a very well-rounded, solid, sturdy Portugal team. If you, yeah. Even if you take Ronaldo out of the equation, they're just kind of stacked. Where Uruguay are feel a bit like a bunch of mercenaries thrown together. So it yeah. is a can the really talented mercenaries go against a, a, a better oiled machine that is Portugal. I mean, can we call that Uruguay team mercenaries, though? I mean, you've got Diego Godin, um, Luis Suarez, Ed- Edison Cavani. I mean, these, these guys have all played together for like a decade. So, like, there are, you know, there's at least some level of cohesiveness, although it could be kind of a, like a, a team in transition a little mm-hmm. bit, which is what we've seen with some of the other. Um, I mean, Uruguay are in such a strange spot, right? They're not necessarily um, what you would kind of consider to be a top a top nation. I don't know, but, but they, they kind of have to be because of the world cup history, right? There's, they're so, um, they've just done so well consistently over like the, the history of the world cup. Um, so it's, it, I, I think it should be a really fun match. I I don't really know what to say about, you know, Ronaldo, uh, wins the, wins the pen, doesn't really do much else, uh, in that match. Uh, I mean, Cavani or not Cavani, but, um, Darwin is sort of, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, well, Darwin is now um, a much better forward. In the, well, you know, Ronaldo's not in the Premier League anymore. I was going to say that he's a, a better forward in, in, in their own league, but Ronaldo's yeah. no longer there. Uh, we don't know where he's going to end up, Brandon. Uh, I, I kind of hope it's not MLS. I feel like MLS doesn't need that. Like, let's let's build our own thing. You know, let's not. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like the retirement league stuff in general. I know it's I know it's good for bringing in some casual fans, but not really a, a fan of it in general. So uh, let's let's see him go to I don't know somewhere like Qatar. You know, let's go play in the Qatar league and just we never <laughs> yeah, where we will again. never that's hear really from good. him again. I think <laughs> that sounds like ideal. <laughs> but this um, in general, I love this Portugal team. I love so many of the players in it, and I'd love to see um, I'd love to see more from Bruno, more from Cancelo, more from. Uh, any number of players in this. I mean, there's just, it is just loaded with players that I personally really enjoy watching. And um, much like Man United, uh, the team w- would probably look better without Ronaldo in it. And that's just not anything that they are going to be allowed to do. Like, he's probably still going to be playing for them in four years, right? He's going to, he's going to be like Tom Brady. He's just going to keep playing until, yeah. you know, his leg falls off or something. There's just no, no getting around it. Portugal will be lobbying FIFA to just basically just stop the World Cup. Like, hey, you you yeah. guys need to stop this. We have no control over our yeah. <laughs> our citizen Ronaldo. It's gonna so, be yeah. It's, yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like term limits. They're gonna be like you can only play in four World Cups. Or <laughs> right. How many has he played in now? He's got to be is it five? I think he's, I think he's this is in. five. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm really looking forward to that match as well. I think that uh, ultimately Portugal does does win uh, and, and and likely qualifies, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they're on three already. So if they win, they should be on clear through to the, the round of 16. And then Brazil, Switzerland, just a really fun match for that. that that's on an 11 a.m. East time, Eastern time, Brandon. That is the ultimate um, grab some Chipotle and watch on your phone uh, match right there. I'm really looking forward to a, uh, a Chipotle lunch with uh, Brazil on <laughs> Monday. Who wouldn't? Uh, yeah, exactly. That sounds delightful to me. Uh, so that, that that's on at 11 a.m. Eastern time, hosting Switzerland. I think that the Swiss could give them a little bit of trouble. This team is just really we said it before, but they're just better than the sum of their parts. And it's this is they you know they've been this way for a few years now, and I think that they could really. Um, Staying in Brazil, but 
you know, let's see. I mean, it's also Brazil is just way more talented. So um, I think that should be a really fun game as well. Totally. Yeah. And nothing to add, Joshua. Come on, Brazil. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see All more right. Brazil. All right. Well, you can tell. I, I don't know about you. I'm I am kind of relieved that tomorrow is the final round two uh, set of fixtures because it's hard to talk about the stakes when you have one more game to go. You can do mm-hmm. these kind of like half. We're Lots almost of like if thens, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're just sort of trying to introduce what's happening tomorrow and to some degree. I don't know why today, for example, I, I felt so um, compelled to offer predictions for like every single game that's being played tomorrow. But yeah, I think when when uh, on Tuesday, which is when the U.S. Um, and Iran, the, the Group A and B, the third round matches happen. I think. Those games would be really fun for us to to talk about and discuss and, and to watch, obviously, too, because um, the stakes are extremely clear in all of those matches. And I think low-key, Brandon, that that Wales-England game could be really, really fun um, because Wales... Oh, yeah. Like, are you telling me these 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 Welshmen are not going to be incredibly pumped up uh, to play this game? For one thing, if they beat England, they could still qualify. So it, it is, you know, very much, uh, very much possible for them to go out there and, and win this match. And they're playing their, you know, it's like it's like playing your your kind of you're the little brother. And uh, and I I, I yeah. know I'm sure they don't think uh, you know I I. I, I Hesitate to even say that, right? But just in terms yep. of population and and sort of yeah, the the risk of somebody's arm getting broken uh, while playing basketball in the driveway, like you're playing against your brother and you really want to beat him, yeah, yep. a broken bone is definitely on the table. So I I, I think I, so too. I agree. What do you think about this um, this controversy that Eric Walnalda stirred up yesterday about Gio Reyna having a bust up with Greg Berhalter? And uh, Winalda saying like he's on the phone with Gio's father, Claudio. Uh, I mean, Eric Winalda is like the Tucker Carlson of the U.S. Yeah. Federation. Yeah, he he's like the maestro yeah. of of <laughs> stirring the pot and just being a yeah. an idiot. Like false, false outrage. I, yeah, it's I all really about him. He he really for, just wants yeah, to be part yeah. of the the conversation. But I do think it it, it was an interesting not counterpoint, but it's sort of like, yes, look at, look at England. England is also having these same debates about why aren't certain players like Phil Foden getting more minutes under these managers who insist on playing um, a certain way. So I don't know. I think that these are debates that are actually good for the U.S. Like I'd rather be debating and having conspiracies about why certain players are or aren't playing as opposed to, wow, maybe we should burn our federation to the ground and rebuild it so we can actually qualify for a World Cup. So these these are big boy problems to have. That's true. A lot has changed in four years. I mean, that 2018 team that didn't qualify for the World Cup, obviously we we should have, um, and just in terms of the strength of CONCACAF and um, and sort of our, our spot in that ta- table before we kind of nosedived. Um, mm-hmm. But that was not a great squad. That was not a um, that was not a squad that looks anything like the current team. And we would not, I don't think, have done any kind of damage in that 2018 World Cup had we qualified. Whereas... Like the performance that we put in against England in round two, I I don't think that any version of that 2018 could have just done that. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah. I think I, I think it'll really be an exciting match, and we'll we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But for now, that's your World Cup minute. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.